Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 38 of Pleb Chain Radio. Today is Friday, the 1st of December. Nostra November is officially over. Maybe it's time for Purple December. We shall see. It is 6.29 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States. We have a great show in store for you today. Rev Hoddle, Pleb Chain legend, Pleb legend even, joins us to talk about all things homesteading and beyond. I'm told he is quite the mad scientist, and I'm looking forward to getting to know him. Uh, before that, we will have Condalorian from the Nostra Report leading us through the lightning round. And before that, we have our sermon, which I will hand over to QW. Pioneering your backyard. Um, talking with Rev on this, um, I, I think a lot of our ideas aligned um, as far as kind of we want to get get kind of that that local scene um, uh, just just a little bit more invigorated and more constructed in a kind of break the frame uh, cultural way. Um, but with that said, I mean we're we're wrapping up Nostra November. I think uh, yesterday I saw Sacramento was uh, on the last day of Nostra of November. Sacramento had theirs. Um, I think it might be tonight, uh, but Chicago just had theirs or is having theirs. Um, so it was great to see a lot of these people turn idea into action. Uh, and that's what it was all about. Um, that's what it's going to continue to be about. Uh, when I look at this December coming up, I'll call it purple December. Uh, a lot of us had our birth. That's our Nostra birthdays. A lot of the great hatching happened uh, in December. So we're all going to start having this annual one year posts, you know, uh, you know, the one year ago today and <laughs> all this uh, kind of fun remembrance stuff that uh, that kind of occurred in this last year, because it's it's, it's really actually just amazing what has has gone hap- has happened and just the cultural or intellectual or the personal shift that's uh, that's been going on with us. Um, you know, it, it, it's a time to kind of think about what we've learned, uh, what opportunities can we foster um, locally? Uh, I think we, we've learned a lot as a community. Uh, in this past year and moving forward what can we change locally um, what's our regional core competencies um, you know maybe maybe someone's uh, a farmer maybe someone is great at speaking uh, what's our social capital you know what can we do uh, to, to build um, forward uh, and then is idea building kind of thinking how can we think outside the box instead of sticking in the frame um, so I really think that's in- interesting to me uh, I think that's something that uh, Rev or Carl is going to be uh, talking about today. Um, but I think having our conversation today is going to be really inspiring to think differently. Um, you know, we're break, we're entering into another bull market. And what I don't want to see is the same shit. I don't want to see it over and over, repeat, rinse and repeat. We got to be different. When I say we, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I really think that we have the opportunity to evolve 
and not do the same thing over and over. Uh, when, when, this, when the tide goes out, our meetups shouldn't go out too. It, it should really continue to still build steam. We need to be better educating. We need to be funner. Um, all those things are what I think, um, but I'd like to kind of build that forward. So molding the world we want to see starts at our doorstep. And how do we do it? And, and, and how I do it is going to be different than how you do it. But that's kind of the mindset that I really think about when I think about pioneering your backyard. Uh, what do you think, Avi? You know, what strikes me, QW, is when, you know, as you said, we're approaching the one-year anniversary for a lot of our NPUBs. And as we get closer in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure we'll make more of a fuss about it. But what does strike me is a lot of us were still finding ourselves in this new world. We were misfits in uh, the legacy social media. Most of us had canceled or or shadow banned accounts, which weren't getting any traction. We were screaming, pleb screaming into the void. Uh, you know, looking for that, yearning for that sense of connection and belonging. Uh, and then so many of us found Nostra and found ourselves, found, learned what we were good at because of that sense of community uh, that we built over the you know ensuing months. And the one thing that does strike me beyond just that, right? It's just that journey of, of, of uh, self-discovery or self-realization, if you will, is we have so many more tools from a NOSTA standpoint at our fingertips to uh, build up the, these local communities, as you were talking about, or build your own backyard. There's Zap.Stream. There's Flockster to schedule meetups, right? There's, there's an entire army of tools now uh, maybe they're still in their infancy, maybe they're still developing, but compared to where we were a year ago, we are so much better positioned to take on our own backyards and make this a truly decentralized community building effort. Well, and I think you have a unique perspective, Avi, because you went to these, uh, you know, when you when when Nostra was really in there, in the, it still is in the infancy, of course, but you were going to these uh, Bitcoin conferences and you were kind of at the first, oh, it's a Noster party on the side. Then, the, you know, it's a bigger Noster party. You kind of see this momentum that it's like, wait, are we going to a Bitcoin meetup or are we going to our, a, a Bitcoin event or are we going to a Noster event? They kind of can, they kind of can get confused because the pleb chain is, is really the mesh network of that. Yeah, I think in the early days, there was a very clear demarcation between the, the Bitcoin conference and this tiny little renegade Noster event that a handful of people went to. And that boundary started getting blurrier and blurrier over the course of the year. And to your point, uh, they even stopped being a distinction. I mean, people would be at a Noster event and think of it as part of the Bitcoin event, or they would be at the Bitcoin conference and talk about it as if it were part of the Noster event, right? So yeah, I, I think that that permeation between the the two cultures, which, if you will, right, which are really two sides of the same coin, uh, really started taking shape. Well, and it's, I think uh, Odell said it best, uh, Noster is Bitcoin's layer three. I th he most definitely said that. He It was a ringing endorsement <laughs> from him at Nosterville. Oh, that was great. He never said that. Just, 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 just a... <laughs> anyway, so 
what's I think that kind of sums it up. I mean, again, we're going to get to this one year and it's going to continue to be a thing about reflection. Um, but I, I, I think it really comes down to what's next and, and let's just keep the momentum. So pioneering your backyard is going to be a fun one. Um, it's going to be a fun show. Uh, and corn hit us with the lightning round. <clears throat> Good By evening. the way, Corin, I'm I'm number one. How was you? Welcome back. It's been a three or four weeks. How was your yeah. turkey day? Oh, it was good. It was um, it was just me and my wife and our kids. Uh, so just the four of us here at home cooked a little dinner. Did you have made a it. turkey or a chicken, like Lynn Alden said last week? <laughs> no, no, we made a turkey. So, um, but we uh, we kind of rugged ourselves. Uh, on, on the turkey and i found out it is possible to thaw a turkey too soon <laughs> uh <laughs> well 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 yeah for the for the man who was goading people even on Noster a couple of days before thanksgiving uh, reminding them to thaw their, tur their turkey well in time how the turntables my friend yeah, I, I kind of miscalculated because we bought a we bought a small turkey because it's just you know it was just the really the two of us. I mean, my kids don't eat that much, and so we we kind of bought the smallest turkey we could find. <clears throat> and did, did you read directions from Mandalore? Were you thinking about gravity and the climate, <laughs> or what uh, what uh, what directions were you reading? No, I think I was just on autopilot from previous years. I you know pulled it out three or four days in advance and let it start thawing. And or maybe it was more than that. I don't remember. Anyway, it, it was completely thawed in the fridge and we still had a couple days until Thanksgiving. And my wife was like, I like, I don't want to get food poisoning. And I said, I don't know. I think it'll be fine. And she's like, I don't know. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to risk that. And I, I thought about it and agreed. So ran and bought another small Turkey and, it was still frozen on Thanksgiving morning, so we had an adventure trying to get it thawed. But it all worked out. We had a good turkey day, good dinner, so it was good. How bad was the food poisoning? No, it wasn't at all. We we <laughs> uh, we we ate the the new turkey, and uh, so we were good. I'm just picturing this saggy uh, turkey that's been thawed out and just waiting too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well lightning round i'm actually excited about this lightning round i think mainly because of today but let's rock yeah yeah so let's um well we can we can kick off with that um the big news on nostra today is primal um primal had their app approved and is available now for download in the ios app store um, the app comes with a couple of upgrades, uh, pretty significant upgrades, um, changes from the test flight version. So the, probably the biggest one being, um, an integrated lightning wallet. So previously on test flight, you had the option to connect using Noster wallet connect to, uh, an external wallet. And I don't see the option to connect to an external wallet anymore. Um, I, I did, I upgraded to the, the app store version to try it. Um, so it appears that it's just the integrated wallet, but if somebody knows differently, that's only for that iOS though, I think you can still do the wallet connect on, uh, others. I, I could be wrong. Well, and I don't, I don't think this included the Google play store. I think it was just iOS, but I, anyway, somebody correct me from, I, <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to be reporting the news here. 
But um, yeah, I think this is just for iOS um, at this point. So integrated Lightning Wallet. Uh, there is an option to buy sats in the app using um, Apple's in-app purchase. Uh, there is a premium, you know, so you'll notice the exchange rate is not what you would get if you were buying just the spot market price. Um, and it's prompted a lot of discussion, you know, so kind of judging by my Noster feed, um, this seems to be the next page or the next chapter and, you know, the ongoing discussion and debate over custodial wallets, KYC, um, Noster, Lightning, and kind of how all of that integrate or in, interplays with each other. Um, so yeah, interesting to see some of the, the conversa conversations taking place. Hey, Con, let me just uh, sort of get the good stuff out first, which is, so I, I, I did download the iOS version. I created a burner account and I went through the onboarding process. Incredibly smooth, probably the smoothest onboarding process I've experienced in a mobile um, Nostra client. Uh, I, I didn't go through the full wallet process. I stopped short of when I just wanted to see what, you know, how far it would take me. And, and I stopped short of putting in any email address and so on. Uh, so I, I think the first thing I'll say is this is going to be fantastic for onboarding normies, right? So people who don't really, who are not ideologically driven by a lot of the things that that ATIQs like us are, ATIQ maxis <laughs> like us are. Uh, so it's, I think it's going to be great to get people off the street uh, and get them onboarded onto Nostra and Lightning seamlessly, right? So, okay, so now that I've got that out of the way, what I think the, the first thing that struck me was you had a chorus of opposition to Wallet of Satoshi over the past several months, and then a celebration uh, when they finally, uh, a celebration of sorts, uh, I should say, when they finally decided to leave the US, the Wallet of Satoshi, that is, decided to leave the US market. And look, I get it, right? You don't want to leave, put your life savings on a custodial wallet. Uh, you treat it like you treat your regular wallet, right? Your physical wallet, you you, you put a couple of 20s or three or four 20s in there, not more than you'd, you'd be willing to be pickpocketed for, right? Uh, and to me, the point of Wallet of Satoshi was, yes, it's not a long-term solution, but it was an incredibly easy way of getting folks like Uber drivers and waiters onboarded onto the Lightning Network. And the beauty of Lightning, which, which makes Wallet of Satoshi different from a Venmo or a PayPal, is Lightning is first and foremost, in my mind, an interoperability layer. So if you have money in Venmo, you can't send that to a PayPal user because those, those are two separate walled gardens. But if you have SATs in Wallet of Satoshi, you can send that to Phoenix. You can send that to any other Lightning wallet. In fact, you can even send it on chain. They do a submarine swap under the hood. So th this is the beauty of building on an open and interoperable layer that Wallet of Satoshi provided, right? A quick and easy onboarding and uh, you know the the interoperability that comes with Lightning and with Bitcoin for that matter. So you had an entire chorus of people poo-pooing Wallet of Satoshi on ideological grounds. And I dare say, Con, and correct me if you think uh, you or QW think otherwise, absolute crickets largely from that crowd when it comes to a solution which granted is great for onboarding, but you're talking about a primal wallet that is not just custodial, 
but also KYC, at least or KYC light, in the sense that when you buy the SATs to load your wallet <clears throat> on Primal, you're buying it from using your Apple ID. So what do you guys think? Maybe we'll stop with well, Bitcoin. Yeah, and and let me Talk just yeah. So Avi, you just uh you 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 just released a book and you kind of were forced to do that blue check deal uh, because you needed to get reach just to just to kind of uh get the get the book out there and it's a hundred percent understandable. But you said that the, the process of that was essentially the same thing, right? Just an Apple Pay. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't forced to do it. I chose to do it. So I'm going to put my hand Well, you it. you know, with, with, with the way it is and the way the exposure works, uh, you know, you kind of were forced even though you chose. <laughs> but all of that said, right, when I paid the whatever, I don't even know what the number is, 11 bucks a month or whatever it is, it, it was, it just, all it did was uh, I used Apple Pay, right? I went to the Twitter app, I said subscribe. And it took it from Apple Pay, which seemed to me, I didn't go, although I didn't go through the last step on Primal, that was what effectively Primal was doing. That's right. all there was to it. Yeah. So that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of gray areas of question marks that I have. Number one, who's actually, whose wallet technology is this? Is it just, they just happen to have it and it zaps with no fees? Um, you know, because clearly the, the wallet, wallet zapping has always been kind of an issue from wallet to wallet. Um, so, especially in the fees. Kidobi, so we have a couple of pieces of anecdotal evidence or circumstantial evidence on whose wallet that is. Corn, uh, do you want to talk about that? Some uh, of the findings that you looked at, what, what we what we suspect the back end might be. It's not confirmed yet. Yeah, I don't know who officially runs it. I, <clears throat> I generated an invoice. So I did go through the process of setting up um, the wallet. I didn't make the Satoshi's purchase in app, uh, but I did want to kind of see what the wallet itself, how it functions. And I agree with you, Avi. It's a really, really smooth onboarding process. Um, creating the account, you know, uploading your your avatar, um, setting up your profile, um, you know, setting up the wallet. So they said they email you a, a confirmation code that you then go back and put in the app. Um, and so then, yeah, I just, I generated an invoice, um, using the wallet and for better or worse, one of the things you can do with a lightning invoice is decode it and see what node, um, you're actually paying to when you pay that invoice. And, uh, and so it was the node ID. If you look it up on oneml.com or ambossed, it was, uh, something zap HQ. And so. I believe Zap HQ is related to Strike, so it could be an integration with Strike on the back end. Um, could be, yeah. They're, could, they're, could they're be large that, enough yeah. too that it would make sense. Um, uh, another another thing, I mean, when we zoom out on hey, this, could, go ahead. Sorry, can I say say one thing before? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but if it is the case, right? And right now, this is just circumstantial evidence. If it is the case that it is Strike, I don't know if people in New York State can use Primal. Because Strike has voluntarily, and good for them, but they've voluntarily not complied with the bit license. So I'm just putting that out there as well. That's the point I was going to make. If you look out and you look at the roadmap, obviously this this Apple Store or this uh, custodial solution was kind of wave one of what we're going to end up dealing with in the long run. Because uh, you look at someone like Zebedee, 
you know, they're not open to certain uh, states or, or countries uh, based off money transmitting licenses or whatnot. Um, you know, are, it, it could could Primal be grandfathered into something like Strike? I don't know. I mean, we'll see how this plays out, but. I think we're, we're this is only the first uh, knee bending that's going to happen. I think we've got a long road to go, um, and I, I'm just interested to see how that plays out. They're clearly going the normie route, which you know, I, you know, to me, people gave grief a lot of grief to Wallace Satoshi, but I thought that was the easiest to onboard people to Lightning. Primal is looking to be the easiest to onboard people to Noster in Lightning. So uh, really the biggest thing for anybody on Noster is to con- continue to keep up the education that non-custodial uh, or custodial can is not unruggable. Uh, so it, it always comes down to education. Keep your pocket change there and keep your wealth savings uh, in cold storage. But that's, that's, that's the way I roll. Yeah, I'd, um, I'll wrap up this and then move on to the next, the rest of the lightning round. But I, you know, to me, there's kind of two overarching lessons um, with this rollout today. Um, one, Primal has done a great job. Uh, they've they've created an app that's smooth. Onboarding is probably about as easy as it could be for someone who's not familiar with Noster, not familiar familiar with Lightning, um, to get their account set up, get their wallet set up and be able to send and receive. So I think huge kudos to to them and their team for creating that and and really smoothing that out. Um, But it does raise a lot of questions um, when it comes to the KYC, the, you know, not so much the custodial. I think we're all, like you said, kind of used to, uh, we all kind of fall where we fall when it comes to use of custodial services. but, um, you know, it's very minimal KYC right now. They All they asked for was an email address if you set up a wallet. Um, you know, so does that become more later? I guess we'll just kind of we'll just kind of wait and see. Um, the second the second lesson for me is that I, I hope, you know, watching the discussions on Noster and I'm sure I'll take part in some of them. Um, you know, there has to be room for nuance. And so when it whether it's custodial versus non-custodial, um, you know, with Lightning, with Noster, you know, when it comes to KYC and, and normies versus the hardcore users, um, there has to be room for nuance in, in these discussions and, and not everyone's circumstance is the same. That doesn't mean that every opinion is right or every opinion is wrong, but just hopefully we, we can, we can all take a step back and look at the bigger picture when we're having some of these discussions and, and maybe not dig our heels in so hard where it doesn't matter. But there are some areas probably where we should really dig our heels in. So. And I also think like our trade-offs aren't the same as every, every, you know, everybody has their individual trade-offs and that goes worldly too, whether it's uh, Latin America or uh, North Korea or whatever, uh, everybody has their own trade-offs for KYC, custodial, um, all these things. And, and, and a lot of times I feel like a lot of our, our innovation or our direction is really leaned towards just the U.S. mindset, maybe the Western mindset. Um, and I think, you know, we, we do have to be sensitive to everybody when we're building these products. So that's, that's just another thing I, I see. I think about my brothers and brothers and sisters in Canada with that whole 
trucker strike and KYC and banks and whatnot. It's like something that, you know, we, we can't act like we're, what's good for us is good for everyone. That's it. Yeah. And Oster and Bitcoin slash lightning are you know, global open networks. And so, um, not everything works everywhere. <laughs> it's important to keep the options open, I guess you'd yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I am, I am excited to see that they, they do include the option to, you can you know, copy and, and export your insect. So if you wanted to put that in another app, I believe you could. Okay. So moving on here, let's go to mining, Bitcoin mining. Uh, there's quite a bit of news in Bitcoin mining this week. Um, in fact, entire swimming pools full of news. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so if you weren't following, those are mempools, sir. Mempools, yeah. Um, a report came out uh, that a new study from Amsterdam finds that every Bitcoin transaction uses, on average, enough water to fill a backyard swimming pool. Um, <laughs> that's around six. That's around 6 million times more than is used in a typical credit card swipe, according to the study. The figure is due to the water used to power and cool the millions of computers worldwide that Bitcoin relies on. The main reason Bitcoin uses so much water, I'm reading this excerpt from the article here. The main reason Bitcoin uses so much water is because it relies on an enormous amount of computing power, which in turn needs huge amounts of electricity. Bitcoin is so power hungry, it uses only marginally less electricity than the entire country of Poland, according to figures from Cambridge University. Water is used to cool the gas and coal-fired plants that provide that much of our power, and large amounts of water are lost through evaporation from the reservoirs that supply hydroelectric plants. And you know, Colin, <laughs> go ahead. Colin. It, it it just uh, you know every time I think I know something about Bitcoin, it, I, I you know and I hear something like this, it just blows my mind. So you're telling me, Con, that <laughs> Bitcoin can violate the laws of conservation of mass and energy, meaning through a process of evaporative cooling, that water just disappears. It never returns, right? It doesn't go into clouds and come comes back as rain. And and Avi, it's it's. I can give you an, a number on that. Uh, over six decades here in Arizona, I've been uh, working for a family uh, pool remodeling business, and the average pool is around sixteen thousand gallons. So that's a lot of evaporation going on there. Um, if and really, honestly, if you get into water math on stuff, that's always astounding. Uh, like 650 gallons of water goes into making a cotton t-shirt, t-shirt, uh, 550 into a hamburger. Um, all the, if water math is a fun one, I've always uh, been interested in that over the years. Don't forget um, almond milk. That's a big one. Oh man. <laughs> Living in Arizona, the almonds are stealing all our water in California. <laughs> all I can say is that the memes that came out of this, um, this news news, quote unquote, were hilarious. That was my favorite. That's always my favorite part of these things is the memes. Um, and both once making corn, you killed it with the memes. Uh, anybody not following corn DeLorean on uh, Noster, check out those memes. Uh, <laughs> I actually got one of your memes in my Bitcoin local chat. Uh, and I'm like, hey, that's a cord meme, man. Awesome. That's so <laughs> cool. <the> way, <laughs> and 
by the way, every single one of your fantastic memes on this topic was stolen and reposted without attribution, both on Noster and Twitter. And of that, you should be proud. Go on. <laughs> I was going to say, that is a... Uh... That's a crown on my head. That's <laughs> there's uh, people feeding uh, feeding families during Zapathon off corn memes. Let's do it. Let's go. That's <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't be uh, you can't be a proud memer unless I guess unless they get stolen. Um, so let's see. The more in the mining news here. We reached block. Um, 819,000 leaving. So we're past that at this point now, but um, at that milestone, there were 21,000 blocks left to the having. So uh, that's coming and it won't stop. So keep stacking. Uh, the future of Bitcoin mining conference was this week. Um, Luke Dasher, I hope I'm saying his last name right. I'd never know how to say his last name. Luke announced um, a new mining pool, Ocean. Uh, previously, it was called Allegis. Um, but Ocean, uh, it's now operational hashing. They have currently over 317 uh, petahash per second. Um, and that's significantly up from the announcement a couple days ago. Uh, their goal is to... Um, I lost my spot here. Their goal is to make mining more decentralized uh, by creating a large enough alternative pool. So some of the things they're promising are direct payouts to the miners. Um, and so, so instead of the block reward going to the pool and then dispersing, they're saying the payouts will go directly to the miners. I've seen some discussion um, maybe contradicting some of that on, on Noster um, and on X, um, but, but that's what they're claiming. So I'm just kind of saying what, what they said in their announcement, how the technicals work. I don't know enough about mining to explain that, but this is what they're saying that the payouts go, will go directly to miners. Uh, there's more transparency uh, into the block template construction. So miners who are pointing their hash at the pool, know what they're hashing before the blocks are found. And they're using the tides reward system, T I D E S, which stands for transparent index or distinct extended shares maybe that's of just any transparent index distinct extended shares anyway the purpose of that is so miners can verify that they are actually getting paid what they should get paid for the amount of hash that they were pointing to the pool uh, so all of this an attempt to make mining more decentralized and more fair for the individual miners who are pointing their hash at the pool uh, future improvements they want to <clears throat> They plan to integrate lightning payouts, so that would especially be helpful for miners with small amounts of hash rate pointed. So maybe if you're just running a single S9, um, you know, you're, you're not going to get enough reward from each block to have a, a, a viable UTXO every time that block those blocks get found. So Corn, if, did you do the math on that, uh, having a single X, S9 by chance? No. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm assuming it wouldn't be much. Don't you own a single S9? I do. <laughs> it is not worth running. Yeah, which and I, which the, it ebbs and flows with uh, BRC20 coins. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live in a, a area with hot climate anyway, so it's just I can't run it. Um, how, how are things in Ghana, Gordon? What's that? Yeah, in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to go Ghana there someday. 
<laughs> uh, future improvements include lightning payouts, uh, improvements to the block template construction, uh, Stratum V2 improvements. Uh, in their announcement, they also mentioned um, integrations with the existing um, Bitcoin and Lightning node implementations, so like Umbrel, Start9, and so on, where anyone running those nodes would just have an app on their node that um, helps them manage all this. So yeah, pretty cool advancements. Um, I, I think anything like this should be seen as a move in the right direction. Nobody's ever going to get it you know, right out of the gate, um, but hopefully they can iterate and and uh, come through on some of these, you know, promises that they're making. Uh, we had the, how am I doing on time? I think we've probably taken some time. We should probably wrap up in about five minutes, Colin. Okay, yeah, let me just then really quick hit some headlines. The Sovereign Engineering Cohort um, coming up, I believe, next month. 21 builders will be heading to Madeira, um, working on building sovereign um, solutions to our uh, to our needs for for data and and communication and all that. Uh, if you didn't make it into this round, the next cohort is next May, May through June. Um, so, um, let's see, just a few tech items. We've got a Nostr-based torrent client. Um, Kieran, the developer of uh, Snort, uh, released a Noster-based torrent client, dtan.xyz. So pretty cool. I haven't tried it out, but the screenshots look cool. Um, Kali, who develops the Cashew um, eCache uh, system, is working on integrating Cashew with LNURL and Noster, um, a.k.a. NutZaps. So he was testing out uh, the NutZap system and... Uh, the ability to directly zap eCash back and forth on Noster. So that that would be cool once it's uh, all smoothed out and everything's working. He said right now, uh, one of his posts, he said, you can try this, but you will lose funds. <laughs> so uh, take that warning for what for what it's worth. I would trust his advice. At least he's honest, you know. Yeah. We've had some... <laughs> We've had some a lot of disbelief on the, on the Lightning wallets uh, in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, Domus News, Will, uh, shared a video of a new search tool that he's, uh, building for, that integrates with NostraDB. So NostraDB is, you know, runs the local database on your device, and this new search tool would allow full text search, um, of, of that database on your device. Um, the, the main point I got from his video is that it's really fast, and I think anytime we're searching for something, fast is better. Uh, if you are a iOS developer, nos.social, so that's Rabble's team. They are still looking to hire a full-time paid uh, Noster iOS developer, last I saw. Um, reach out to them. Jack Mahler's hinted, uh, he was asked about NWC, Noster Wallet Connect integration, and uh, in a thread, and he hinted that the Albi team is, quote, working on something with Strike. So no additional information that I've seen, but that that could be interesting to see. I think an, a Noster Wallet connect connection to Strike would be really really useful um, in certain situations. Uh, and then the last item here. So a few days ago there was news of a, a an enormous fee paid out um, in a Bitcoin transaction, eighty three 
over 83 Bitcoin was paid in fees for a transaction. Um, Ant Pool was the pool that mined the block. And information came out later that the the um, the Bitcoin came from a wallet that had been hacked. Ant Pool said uh, said that their system froze the uh, funds, and they've given instructions for whoever owns the wallet um, to be able to prove their ownership. And so those funds are supposedly frozen now yeah. until, yeah. Corn. Real quick, I read that Antpool memo that they sent out, and they referred multiple times to the the, the Bitcoin the the fees as gas fees. I saw that. <laughs> so I I just want to say, if for for folks listening to this live or listening to the recording, and I hope you're listening on Fountain, uh Please and 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 if you're running miners that are pointing to Antpool, please point to somewhere else because it is clearly run by a bunch of shitcoiners. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, Bitcoin does not have gas fees. You pay fees in Bitcoin. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Antpool is holding the funds uh, in case the owner wants to go through the process to claim them. Um, the Ocean uh, Ocean account put out a, a, a post commenting on it saying that had this block been mined by their pool, those funds would have already been in the hands of the individual miners. And so it would have been up to each individual miner to decide if they wanted to uh, to return those. So that, and, an interesting thing to consider um, in all of this. Um, and I'll, I'll finish on this quote of the week by Not Henry. In response to how many swimming pools does it take to send a Bitcoin transaction, Not Henry says, how many drone strikes does it take to make a USD transaction? And I thought that was a really good um, context for that topic. So that's our lightning round this week. Beautiful in its brutality, that last quote, Corn. As was the entirety of the lightning round. Uh, quite a meaty and heavy discussion there. On a couple of the topics, you know, I, I was very tempted con on the ocean mining pool uh, <laughs> to sort of launch into because there, there's a lot there uh, with with the ocean stuff that you didn't talk about. Uh, but maybe we'll save that for another day. Um, it is my pleasure, folks. For, so, well, for, actually, first of all, thank you, con. That was great. Um, it is my pleasure, folks. Our pleasure, I should say, to welcome Rev. To Plapchain Radio. Welcome, good sir. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Happy to be here. You know, uh, immediately after Nostraville, uh, I, I, I talked with Doc, too, and we both came to the same conclusion that you kind of blew us away with some of your conversation that we had just one-on-one, because -on -one, uh, I think our, our minds are very much aligned in, in our ambitions. Um, so I was really happy that you could make time for us. Um, and it was nice meeting you at Nosterville, by the way. Um, what, what did you think of Nosterville? Oh, it was killer, man. I, I've been dreaming about how I can get back over there to Bitcoin park. Um, it was just cool to see the, the, put a face to some of the, the NIMS out there. And like you said, you just can't beat the, the, the real conversations that happen. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing it again sometime.
So just like everybody on our show, um, we, we love the pleb story. So what's your kind of pleb story? What's your Bitcoin backstory? What's your aha moment um, through, the, through the years? So I, the, the quick story of it is that I came to Bitcoin uh, as a result of what was going on at the beginning of 2020 with the whole COVID uh, stuff and um, seeing that there, there probably is a all this money printing basically you know what it boiled down to and i i saw that first i stumbled across gold um but ultimately i came to bitcoin through a meditation i sat up from a meditation one day um and i just had this impulse to check the price of bitcoin and i realized at that point that bitcoin was the solution that i was looking for um and so that's all that's the long story short of how i got into bitcoin just to try and solve my problems that arose from the COVID thing. You can't leave us hanging like that, Rev. Like this, this is like a divine intervention that you're talking about. Tell us more. How well, did that, I, how I, did that insight, that divine insight, come to you through meditation? Well, and that's the thing is, I meditate every day. Uh, well, I, I say every day, but I try to meditate every day after lunch for about twenty minutes. And usually, it's like um, when I I'm done with my meditation, it's just a, a reset to the day. And it's more of just a, a way to, you know, start start over again and forget about whatever problems I had before and just get going. And for whatever reason on that day, it was like there was this impulse there. I hadn't been thinking about Bitcoin. I, you know, it really wasn't on my radar. I, I had heard of Bitcoin and I, I kind of understood what it was um, as far as that that it was like this decentralized money that that you could make sweet fiat gains um if you if you get it at the right time in 20 i don't know whatever that previous bull run was i had some friends coming over showing me their coinbase app and all the the gains that they were making and i was pretty upset that i couldn't afford to play that game at the time but yeah so it, it was kind of just really random um and i and i act upon i did act upon it immediately and i saw that that was right at the the Pretty much the bottom of the crash where the price was at about five grand um, and i just saw that it was like a few days earlier closer to 10 and i was like well this seems like a good time to figure out how to get get going with this did you happen to have your meditation rug uh pointed towards the mecca bitcoin park you know i i always uh, meditate with my head pointing north so technically my feet were pointing south which is the direction of of nashville so yeah there are no coincidences. The Lord Satoshi uh, uh, certainly <laughs> certainly spoke to you that day. <laughs> Rev, when did you realize it wasn't about the fiat gains, but the friends we, you made along the way? Well, that wasn't until um, that that crystallized ultimately at the first Bitcoin meetup I went to. And I heard actually heard about Bitcoin meetups um, from the rabbit hole reap. Well, I learned that there was a Bitcoin meetup near me but, uh, from the Rabbit Hole Recap podcast. So I was very thankful that I got to actually thank them at, in Nosterville for uh, doing that podcast and getting me involved. And so I, I went to this first Bitcoin meetup and then I realized like, oh, my God, when you are actually interacting in person with people who have Bitcoin and use Bitcoin, the utility that you gain from it is uh, it's hard to quantify. 
And with this Bitcoin story, did that align with the homesteading story? Uh, when 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 do you kind of get really involved in homesteading? Well, and see, that's my unique situation. I think that Bitcoin, um, and I just gave a presentation at the Milwaukee Bitcoin meetup about this, um, that there's this culture of, of permaculture, these people who are trying to build self-resilient, self-reliance um, through a means of these 12 ethics and principles. And a lot of that involves growing food and producing energy and so on and so forth. And then there's the, the Bitcoin side, which is like you gain your sovereignty through money. And once you learn about one or the other, the 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 trend seems to be that they're marching towards each other and intersecting and i came to um homesteading and all that and that was i've really been studying permaculture since about 2012 um, and i started homesteading in 2016 so i've been doing that for quite a while before bitcoin came into the picture and so i have this unique um stance where i've i'm kind of already up and running with the homestead and now i'm just working on integrating bitcoin into that now, paint me a picture of where you're sitting right now, what the homestead looks like, um, the weather, all that stuff. Well, actually, QW, before that, before that, right, I, I think there's a, there's a more important point here, which is we've heard, we keep hearing terms permaculture and homesteading. I'm sure folks in the audience do, too. Some of you might know. But a lot of us who hear that term or those terms and like, this sounds like a good thing. It sounds like, you know, you're one with nature, you're living off the land, but they don't really know the definition. So Rev, before you answer QW's question, uh, could you define in layman's terms what permaculture is and what homesteading is? Well, I'll start with permaculture. So my definition of permaculture is it's a group of three ethics and 12 principles that are modeled after nature in order to build capital for future generations. And so permaculture is ultimately about saving. It's about building your capital and saving it by working with nature. And um, so then what homesteading is, is, is it's a permaculture is like the umbrella in which homesteading can fit into. And so for me, homesteading means that I get what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to maximize the amount of capital that I can produce from the, the place that I live. Um, from the land that I own and, and operate on. And so that's that's pretty much the the succinct way I could define those two things. And uh, go back to my question. Tell me about what uh, you're setting right now. So I'm actually recording in the yurt. Uh, this is a nice quiet place for me to get away. Uh, I have a 20-foot yurt that I built that I rent on Airbnb. Um, there's a nice propane propane heater uh, keeping me warm right now. It's not actually too cold. Um, it's been in the, the 20s here. I'm in southwest Michigan, uh, but it's it's in the 40s today. It's raining, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm actually using the light from a lantern. I'm trying to preserve the power on my solar battery bank because uh, my Starlink Internet is connected to that and the batteries were low. Uh, and so that the, I'm hoping that the internet doesn't cut out in the middle of the call here, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out in the yurt, man. It's great. There's definitely some trade-offs with sovereignty in there. Well, yeah. And, and it's just the, you kind of, you get an idea of how to, how to make a system sovereign. And this is a permaculture principle. One of the 12 is, is uh, self-regulate and apply feedback. And so I, I like to start with, um, well, and the other one is small and slow solutions or small and slow change. And so when I developed this idea that I, if I got satellite internet and I had it on solar power, that I'd pretty much be able to maintain connectivity um, within reason all the time. 
but I tried to make the system as small as possible to, you know, not have, so I could hold, hold as many sats as I could. Um, but yeah, so I need to expand my battery bank a little bit because I'm learning as the days get shorter, um, I can't catch enough sun to really keep the batteries going, uh, especially if there's a few cloudy days lined up at one after another. Do you have any backup sources uh, that are, I guess, from the land or from the elements, like uh, biomass or something else? Not yet. I'm working on that. I built, um, well, there's a there's a retreat in mid-Michigan near Lansing every year. It's called the, the Lake Satoshi Retreat. It's, it's like the regional Bitcoin meetup for the year uh, for Michigan. And then there's a lot of people that come from, you know, the Midwest as well. My goal there was to try and make this wood gasifier um, so I could basically take biomass, burn that, convert it into both biochar and electricity, and then mine Bitcoin um, at my campsite while I was there, um, just as a proof of concept. And I actually, right before the um, the event, I exploded the gasifier, this little, I, I built this thing with just parts you can find at the hardware store um, for about a hundred bucks or so. And so right before the, the meetup, as I was about to fire up the generator with it, uh, I made a mistake and I blew it up. So I haven't quite gotten to the biomass part yet, but um, solar is definitely there for me to catch and store. That's pretty fascinating. Um, you tend to be pretty crafty then, a little MacGyver uh, out there uh, so at, at times, huh? Well, that's kind of what permaculture is about is um, you – if you can figure out a way to make what you have, make something work with what you have first, um, I mean, you're obviously going to be much better off. And so that's the perspective that I always start from is like, what materials do I already have? What can I modify things slightly? Um, how, how can I do it in a slow and small way to start to figure out to, to, to basically develop some experiential capital and intellectual capital before I just go and invest a lot of financial capital or material capital into producing some of these systems. And when we talk about this, I mean, we're really angling this uh, conversation to pioneering your backyard and the, uh, let's say, regional meetups, things like that. Um, you can kind of take that same mindset that you've you've learned to learn to live with, um, and you you might have a fresh take on you know when you travel these Bitcoin meetups and you see different uh, uh, you know different different strengths. Um, you know you can kind of do actually first of all tell me about how the local meetups because you seem to go to a lot of them, correct? Yeah, we we like to joke in Michigan that we've got um, the most meetups per capita of any state in, in the the country right now. Um, there's, um, and there's no way to confirm that. It's just how we feel about it. But, um, we've got Southwest Michigan meetup. That's where I go. I also uh, pretty frequently head up to the Grand Rapids meetup. I've been to the mid Michigan meetup, which is in Lansing several times, a couple times. Um, and then I haven't made it up to Detroit or Ann Arbor yet, but those are also two, two meetups. Um, and now there's a new kind of maybe quarterly meetup or I don't know what, there's been a meetup in Colon, Michigan as well. So that's, a, I don't know how many meetups, that's a lot of meetups uh, in, in one state um, with, with less population pretty much equal to the size of the city of Chicago, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I wanted to. Uh, that that's really powerful, honestly. If you can have that many locals, and then you can have that event like a Lake Satoshi 
um, really, that's my kind of that, that's kind of my formula that I wanted to kind of integrate into my state. Um, but I think any state can do it. Uh, it just have to get that local traction um, and quit feeling like you're alone. Start something. Um, so when you travel these Bitcoin meetups, you're seeing a lot of uh, are are they taking them? Are they all kind of going the same same um, frame, or or each one is a little different? Well, yeah, each one is definitely different. And I think that they should be different. Um, it's I think as we well, as I study Bitcoin more and I study permaculture more, I think both of those are two forces for decentralization over centralization. And so the the meetups are a great example of that where there there's this. Um, uh, what which, what would you call it? Um, this variance or, or this these unique things that that particular meetup has. Uh, to offer to the participants, and in Michigan, this creates an incentive for people for people like me to travel to them because there's different things that I can get at each meetup um, instead of just ha- being forced to stay or or being create have an incentive to stay right there in Southwest Michigan. It doesn't have all of the cool stuff that Grand Rapids has to offer, and then there's something else I can get in Lansing in the form of Lake Satoshi and so on and so forth. And, and you're so, not just talking just, let's say, oh, this guy over there's got grapes and I got lambs, so let's trade. You're talking about social capital too, right? Exactly. The the, the people that are there um, and the knowledge, the, the information um, beyond just the, the transactions and the trading of the goods is, and also the, yeah, the, as far as the social capital, the setting, um, there's a lot that, that plays into it because um, like for example, Southwest Michigan meetup is in a private area. It's a private space, uh, closed down after hours. There's a lot of freedom there. We can stay as late as we want, free drinks, that kind of thing. Uh, same thing is pretty much true in the Grand Rapids meetup. It's a co-working space. You can kind of have some freedom to do what you want. Granted, the time is a little bit lim- more limited, but then you can head to the bar afterwards. Um, the Mid Michigan meetup is totally private once again, um, and so there's. And, and there's the now there's these social hours popping up where in Grand Rapids they meet at Founders uh, every couple weeks. So there's a lot of different reasons to to go meetups beyond just um, for in my case like bringing my goods and service or my goods or my intellectual capital in the form of presentations to to trade. Bobby, are you taking notes here? <laughs> I am. I am because I live in the middle of nowhere and uh, thinking about things along these lines. Well, actually, Rev, uh, I do have a question sort of taking a couple of steps back. Whenever I hear the term yacht, at least this is me in my, you know, completely shielded from from this reality. But whenever I've heard the term yacht, it's almost always been followed uh, with uh, with ayahuasca. Is that uh, is that something that's happening in your yurt, Rev? I you know what I'm not sure. We have guests. I I respect their privacy. At sometimes people are. It's I wonder what they're doing in here. Um, but me personally, no. Uh, there is the the something about the circular nature of the building and the the super vaulted point uh ceiling that that apex it does create a very nice feeling an energetic vibe if you will 
um, which would be, I, I would imagine if you liked to partake in psychedelic substances, it would be conducive to that. <laughs> Indeed. But so now coming back, uh, uh, Rev, to permaculture and then sort of converting these meetups that you have into all marketplaces of sorts, really, right? Have you considered uh, sort of taking this into the local farmers' markets and and you know creating a circular economy there with folks who are who might not be fully orange build? but are certainly amenable to it so that that's the that's the trick right um and actually at the the milwaukee meetup uh, sort of the discussion that happened on telegram after i was there is like when can we get the like a bitcoin only farmers market and my response to the, that was that your bitcoin meetup is the bitcoin only farmers market you have to get the farmers to come to the meetup and so and, and so the reason for this is if we look at like what actually facilitates the formation of cultures, um, I've, I've seen, I've kind of deduced that there's like three main pillars, right? There's the, the location, um, who's around you and who are you actually interacting with? Then there's the layer of money, like who, who are you able to transact with via a common money? And then there's the religion, right? What are you, who overlaps with your morals um, and ideals? And so like the money is obvious, right? It's Bitcoin. And so when you go to a place where there's only people that have this kind of money, then you have to, uh, in order to facilitate trade, you have to, you have the, you have to be part of the club. You have to have the money. And so that's why it's very difficult to like orange pill a farmer's market because they're, they're also interested in, in accepting the fiat. You're trying to actually jam two different cultures together. And actually when it comes to Noster, um, I think Noster is actually the, the location for the, the Bitcoin culture that uses the money, right? Now we can have a decentralized location everywhere in the form of, of this internet communication um, that allows us to interact with each other. Um, and so then the, the last part is how do we overlap our morals and ideals? And I think John Vallis has some insight to that with his uh, article, Money Messiah. I, I often cite that um, in the form that uh, the, the incentives of Bitcoin are naturally helping us to develop this cultural capital that will form some sort of uh, religion-esque overlap of, of or, or agreement upon yeah. some moral code. And that's what, as you were talking about the different layers of interaction, what immediately struck me, Rev, is in the case of Bitcoin, the t those two, the money layer and the quote-unquote religion layer, they're almost melding together, aren't they? In, in, right, because there is a moral or ethical code that is certainly like if you've you've taken a step down or a couple of steps down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, uh, it, you're you're there, right? With with your you've accepted the set of ethics and it it melds together with the monetary layer. That that's true, and I think the the mechanism that forces that is the the consensus, right? That everyone sort of has to agree upon the rules. Uh, and, and choose that with their node in order to enforce them, um, which then sort of creates this ethical and moral alignment. If you, in order to actually enforce the rules, you have to kind of agree on the rules and therefore you're morally aligned just naturally. Um, and so I guess to get, I got a little bit away from it, but the, ultimately the, 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 the Bitcoin meetup 
I think those the meetups and so the, and this is to QW's uh, initiative with the the Nostra meetups in Nostra November is like these meetups the the Nostra and Bitcoin are two they can be two cultures that overlap because they're their money and their location at the same time right it's people using a location and what money do they use in that location and so the Bitcoin meetups or the Nostra meetups are the farmers market we just have to find the people who have the goods and services and get them there. And so that's why I stopped trying to orange pill people. And I'm more interested in trying to unify the Bitcoiners that are out there that are stranded um, and find a way for them to actually come to these, to their actual physical places that they can meet and interact and uh, transact with other Bitcoiners. Well, and with Nostra meetups, the social capital could also be creators, uh, you know, creation, uh, art, it could be music, it could be, uh, you know, authors, it could, it, it just brings a whole another mass of, of kind of break the frame um, mentality, when we're trying to build these parallel societies on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, 100%. So like, this is, if you, if you're thinking, oh, I, I want to go to a Bitcoin meetup, and I want to start earning some Bitcoin. And in my opinion, earning Bitcoin is the best way to acquire KYC free Bitcoin. But I want to earn some Bitcoin, but I can't produce a product. Well, you probably have some intellectual capital that you could share with the group and do a presentation. You could, like you said, you could create art. There's a whole lot of other ways that if you're creative about it, you can contribute. Because once again, this is a completely new culture, a new society that we're building. And the, the meetups are the opportunity to set to create this framework so that way. When fiat crumbles and, and fails completely, we've got some things, some systems in place. And so when people come knocking on the door, it's all set up and ready to go and we can welcome them in. And how much more there. bullish are you when you go to these meetups? Uh, I mean, really, it, 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 you kind of leave there. Do you leave there and just have five different new thoughts that you just like, man, I, I, I kind of thought about that now. I kind of kind of want to do that now because you kind of learn every time you go. But really, you're learning from the human capital, you know? Exactly. Well, the so cultural capital is um, the the intellectual capital, the combined intellectual capital and experiential capital of a group, and so that's what we're doing ultimately when we when we go to these meetups and we we put memes out on Nostra and all that is we're building cultural capital. But dude, when I get home, I cannot like I have to like stay up for several hours, like you said, just kind of milling over my thoughts thinking about the, the conversations because a lot of this stuff is, I mean, as much as we all are comfortable talking about Bitcoin and, and also, honestly, the Bitcoin meetups in Michigan are also Nostra meetups. We spend a lot of time talking about Nostra too. Uh, th it's so dense that it, you have to kind of almost sit there and process it for a while. Uh, you know, there's a lot moving forward simultaneously um, and very quickly. So, yes. Yeah, and that was kind of my goal with the Nostra November movement is just get people that normally wouldn't have, have left their bunker to get out there and just say hi. I mean, our, our local meetup, uh, I think we hit 25 people. Uh, we don't hit that uh, normally. Uh, so, it, 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 granted, we, we leveraged a lot of the Bitcoin guy, or guys and girls, the Bitcoin uh, plebs, um, but it, it's amazing the, the people that would travel. Um, but what, but the people that travel, I would love to see the whoever traveled to have their own local meetups, and we travel there. Um, we do those regional things. We we have these opportunities to kind of see the see the, see the different uh, points of attack for each local meetup. Um, but really, the first thing was the foot in the door, uh, and I think we really 
I think I think that was achieved um, in in this just random initiative that was just kind of let's do something. And it's amazing what what we can do through Noster um, with the, with that kind of mindset of just get off your ass. Yeah, I agree completely. And and that's really what it's 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 amazing that it's uh, I guess I can point this out this this idea that like fire was discovered. And in many like throughout history, we can say that fire was discovered at the same time in, in multiple places, for example. And so this kind of structure that you're talking about, where there's a bunch of small meetups all over the place um, with maybe a group of 25 people or so. But they have some sort of reason or incentive to travel to each other's because, oh, well, so and so came from an hour and a half or an hour away to my meetup. And now he's getting a meetup started, so I should probably go and support him too. And and I'm probably going to have a damn good time either. Also, and so it's it's fascinating that this sort of um, this once again the grassroots from the roots growing up is simultaneously happening. It's a forcing mechanism, right? Just the incentives of Bitcoin, and then when you intersect with that, with the incentives that Nostra creates, are just manifesting these things naturally. Now we just have to take the ball and run with it organize about it and what are you what are your kind of thoughts um moving forward like what do you what do you uh what what i mean you you've had some experience with this you're you you guys are i i feel like you know in the process of developing these uh local to regional you guys are years ahead um so i feel like there's some learning that we can achieve through you but not necessarily a, a perfect blueprint but uh something that um you know I, I look at you just kind of in the future what what have you learned or what's kind of the ideas moving forward that's inspiring you well i for one, the, the crazy thing is, is that most of the meetups in Michigan are a year old. We've only been doing it a year. What's in the uh, water? What the hell's in the water over there? Well, it's, it's uh, I think it's this, this, uh, the unique mixture that we have this low population density, but it's like pretty evenly distributed throughout the state. So there's like plebs stranded all over the place, um, about an hour and a half to two hours away from each other. And so we're forced to like have to coalesce amongst each other. And based on that low population density, it just so happens that a lot of us have the um, through the through the incentives of Bitcoin or whatever to become more sovereign. There are a lot of people that are producing these products like uh, it's a, it's a lot. It's more difficult to like show up to a Bitcoin meetup and try and sell a node or some computer hardware. But everybody loves like the maple syrup that I sell is like very popular because it's just one of those things that you can't get um that that is sweet and delicious high quality eggs that you can't get anywhere else the lamb that i sell you're not going to be able to buy any lamb like that anywhere you know and so you can you get access to these um these food products that are hard to come by and so it's just like this perfect mix i think um in the state of michigan to like to facilitate whatever is happening happening Rev, you know, when QW asked you what's in the water, I was really hoping you were going to say lead because that would have put a nice bow around it. But, uh, I'm, get but, but out of me. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, that, that said, Rev, you know, take, taking this back just a little bit, I, this is something that's always intrigued me, which is you, you see this convergence, uh, between people who who care about living off the land, right? And 
and they come from completely different angles. You have hunters, you have people who who care about uh, where they're living, right? About the, you know, they plant trees, they they just tend to the land, and and there's a convergence between them and 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 bitcoiners, people who care about sound money, but right? It's why do you think that is? Is it just something I've been trying to figure out? That it seems like such an odd convergence, but it's happening across the board. Well, I have. Uh, I think that Bitcoin is the first natural digital system that that I know of. It's based on the the consensus mechanism that governs it, um, the proof of work of the proof of work mechanism that ties the actual uh, blockchain to real energy resources, and then the self-regulated mechanisms of the fee market and the difficulty adjustment, it starts to look a lot like a natural ecosystem. Um, and Brandon Quidham has, has pointed this out with a lot of his work and his mm -hmm. writing. And so I think that if you can have a money that's a natural money, but it's in a digital format that's very attractive um and actually i think that if there's so there's a guy david holmgren he he co-founded this concept of permaculture with bill mollison and the essence of permaculture is a writing that he's given that he's produced that's what i often point people to when they want to learn about what permaculture is and and um learn about the principles and ethics of it and in that writing he often his perspective is this that Humanity or society is going to be going through this um, period of energy descent as we run out of, we as we basically squander all of our dense energy resources in the form of fossil fuels. And so that puts a lot of the people who are interested in permaculture, if they're if they're thinking in the same lines as him, from the in this perspective that um, basically we have to figure out a way to revert back to like this more uh, energy let less energy density in our lifestyles i think that the opposite is true because i understand bitcoin and what uh what incentives that creates bitcoin actually creates an incentive to discover more to discover and utilize more less energy dense resources in the form of renewables um and so i think we're ultimately going to end up with more energy at the end long story short is that the permaculture folks are not headed towards they're not running towards Bitcoin as fast as the Bitcoiners are running towards permaculture, in my opinion. And from the way you described it, Rev, um, I think it's beginning to sound like Bitcoin is a form of permaculture. Yeah, it's almost like, like Satoshi knew about permaculture. Uh, it, or, uh, So here's the thing. I think the reason why permaculture and Bitcoin look so much alike is because they're solving for the same problem. And they're solving for the problem of the extractive uh, systems that fiat is. So what the fuck happened in 1971, right? Permaculture was was pretty much uh, devised as a antidote to that. And so Bitcoin is also devised as an antidote to that. And so in order to solve that problem, you have to kind of take the same approach. And that is to once again, harmonize with nature. And it's just not as obvious with Bitcoin because once again, it's a digital system. But when you really break it down, and this is what my presentation was all about in Milwaukee, was how um, Bitcoin and permaculture actually are they're uh, overlapped almost completely. When you when you go through the twelve principles and the ethics and really break it down, um, they're one and the same. Just one is a digital system, and then the other is a 
more natural approach. This has uh, been amazing. Um, I, I, I'm going to probably listen to this show a couple more times and think about <laughs> uh, like 10 more things <laughs> and, uh, and and start to kind of reevaluate my life as well, like I, I do on a daily basis. But um, I, I definitely want to uh, share this episode with uh, my, my local meetup and kind of, I mean, really what you guys are doing is really inspiring. Um, I want to talk more about this um obviously uh we we do align with a lot of uh our thought process for uh, uh spreading the local fire but uh you know thank you so much for for joining us um and and th- thank you for your doing the doing the work because you really are proof of work with what you're doing you're, you're going to these meetups you're you're bringing you know you're not only bringing physical goods you're bringing intellectual goods uh you just continue to uh be a beacon of what what of change which which is what we need in everybody and you embody plebness in its entirety, I have to say, Rev. So, I yeah, you look, it's, it's unfortunate that you and I didn't get a chance to chat in Nostaville. I think you did chat with QW and Doc. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to right now. And this has been a great conversation and appreciate everything you do. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. And, and the last thing I'll say um, is that, yes, if you if you think that there's no meetup close to you, it is very easy to just start one. You know, there's a lot of resources now in the form of Flockster meetup in order to get some some the word out about it. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be at a bar. It could be at a park. It could be anywhere. It could be your favorite place to go. Bring the do what you like. Right. And then if you're already if you have meetups in your area and once again, if you don't know what you can do to start earning sats. Just keep in mind that, yes, Bitcoiners, they don't want dollars. They want stuff. They want things that are hard for them to acquire, that's inconvenient for them to acquire, that are higher quality. And if you can figure out what that market wants and provide that, then you're going to be able to earn some sats from your community. And if anybody wants to, uh, in the uh, uh, Michigan area and wants to hit a yurt with a petting zoo, um, hit up Rav. <laughs> And maybe ayahuasca as well, although Rev can't confirm or deny that. That's true. You, That's you're welcome. Great. Anybody's welcome to come stay in the yurt. Thanks for letting me shill that a little bit. Uh, yeah, we do. We do rent the yurt out nightly rentals. Uh, I do a half price uh, rate for anyone coming on the day of the Southwest Michigan meetup. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you want to come stay in the yurt, I also include a tour, and it, it, you'll learn a lot. Basically, if you come here and stay. Um, it's, it's like a little permaculture class. So everybody's welcome to DM me and, uh, learn more about that too. And Noster November has turned to purple December. So onboard as many people as you can corner them at the dinner table. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, time with the, the family and friends. So, uh, be the weirdo, get the purple out. <laughs> Indeed. So to the folks listening in the live audience, thank you for joining to the folks listening on to the recording, I hope you're doing so on Fountain. If you're listening on uh, any other podcasting app, next time, please consider Fountain. Thank you all.